listening to a message from Red Church in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to know more about Red or its ministries, please go to redchurch.org.au. Welcome, welcome to church. Uh, if you're visiting, if this is your first time, my name's Mark Sayers. Um, I'm not, no, that's a joke, that's a joke. You can only do that at the start of the year. If, um, his family's looking at me like, you're not dad. Um, <laughs> Now, my name's Ryan. I'm a part-time pastor here. I'm actually on a bit of leave. Um, I've taken a bit of an extended break. We had our third child, so late last year, um, I took some unpaid leave um, for a period of time. Um, but it's a real blessing to, to come and speak with you today. Um, Mark's back next week, so it's, it's good to be on the preaching roster and fill in and help out and uh, give Mark a bit of a break as well. So, um, yeah. Uh, we're going to read from Hebrews... Uh, 11. Um, if you don't have a Bible with you, grab one of these Maroon Bibles. They um, should be on the seat in front of you. If you don't have a Bible, you can take this with you. Um, grab it. So we're on page. And I think I'm just going to get my clicker sorted as well. Put it up on the screen. So Hebrews 11, it's on page... 843, sorry, 844. You can see we're in holiday mode, can't you? By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. I love this passage harping back to to Genesis where Abraham has this faith that causes him to just boldly uh, go out. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. I, uh, I think I've said, a number of people have said already, they love this time of year. I love this time of year. I love, um, I love how Christmas you kind of wind down, you, well, you have the fanfare of Christmas. Um, there's a bit of work that goes into that, but then there's this uh, a period of, of, uh, of feasting, of enjoying this birth of Jesus, this celebration that this Messiah has come into the world. Um, I kind of go into post-Christmas, go into real holiday mode. I uh, went back to, to my other job um, last Monday, and I couldn't find my boots, couldn't find where I put my laptop. I couldn't, as, when I was, went to write my sermon notes, I couldn't find paper. I've had to use kids' old paper. That's how much I <laughs> like <laughs> switch off. Um, yeah, I love that Christmas is this time of reminiscing, of looking back, of... of at Christmas, we often talk about memories. I don't know if you do that with your family. You sit around the dinner table and you remember years gone by. You remember perhaps people that aren't there anymore. Um, yeah, and it's a, Christmas is a time of reflection, of, of remembering. And I love this time of year that we're now in, New Year, which really for me is a time of imagining, of kind of uh, thinking about the possibilities 
of the year ahead. I was actually having a conversation with someone, uh, a couple from this church, a, uh, a week or so ago, and they said, yeah, we've just been praying about the new year, and it's like this year is God's blank canvas. We just don't know what he's going to do. And I love that, this, uh, this sense of possibility, this sense of being future-focused. So I wanted to start today with a question. What could God do in your life this year? What could God do in your life this year? I don't know if you're uh, someone that goes and makes news resolutions. Um, I used to be really task-focused. Um, I'm kind of relaxing a bit, but I've got two this year. First uh, is around technology. Um, I'm a habitual phone user. I, uh, I'm always on my phone. Um, I've got a strategy to make sure I don't look at my email at night. That's I've got this docking station. I put my phone on the docking station, and that stops me um, going on my phone at night so I get a good sleep time. This year's New Year's resolution is as I walk in the door, my phone has to go on the docking station. So I'm just going to try and create this habit of always docking my phone so I can be more engaged with my kids. So that's my first New Year's resolution. My second New Year's resolution is at... at, at um, and my other job, um, they have Friday night drinks. And I always go, I like to be sociable, I have a couple of beers, and, um, and I'm not gonna, the only day I'm not gonna drink any alcohol this year is Fridays. I'm not gonna drink alcohol on Fridays. I find that it just kinda delays me getting home, I don't sleep as well, so I'm just not gonna drink on Fridays. So they're my two New Year's resolutions. I've said this publicly, because apparently if you announce things publicly, you're more likely, so there's a couple of hundred people here can now hold me accountable to those. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, as I was thinking, I was quite carefully planned around this, this envisaging the future and, and what resolutions I was going to make. And it got me thinking as I was planning this sermon about the ways in which we operate, around um, how we operate in, you know, different people pick different resolutions for different... Some people go and say, I'm going to climb a mountain this year. Some people say, I'm going to go and uh, get a motorbike license or whatever it is. Um, and it got me thinking about why do we do the things we do? What's our mode of operation? So that's what I've been thinking about while we've unpacked that. And I, I want to talk today about our modes of operation as humans. And we're going to investigate what our modes are. We're going to ask ourselves, what's our mode of operation? And we're going to look back in that passage we just read about Abraham as well. So I came up with this uh, little way that I think that we live as humans. So this is the typical way that people live lives. So we, we form a plan, we go, we, go, we go and form a plan of what we want um, to happen, and then we strive, we put effort into making that plan come to fruition, and that, the, the output is that we make it happen for us. This is the typical way um, that we live our lives, and um, this can work really, really well. This could be a really handy mode of operating. Um, if you want to save for something, you want to buy yourself a drum kit, there. Um, that's not for sale, but you could buy yourself a drum kit. If, you want to, if you've got a savings plan for a house, if you want to lose a bit of weight, you can actually make a plan, you can strive, and you can make it happen. Humans have this ability um, to, make, to make things happen. Humans have this ability to create a better future for ourselves until, of course, the circumstances are beyond our control. And then this model just completely breaks down. I've met people that have gone through multiple rounds of IVF. This model doesn't work for them. 
This country's going through a bushfire epidemic. Uh, it's a catastrophe. There's people that are on hoses at their homes and that wall of fire came in. They can't make, it, make it a better future for themselves. Humans have this ability to create a better future for ourselves until the circumstances are beyond our control. This model isn't very good to a refugee. This model isn't very good for someone suffering with an incurable illness. Also, this model doesn't actually guarantee that we walk into God's plan for us. This model can lead to some good outputs. You can, go, you can apply this model and you can get some really good stuff done. But you can apply this model and you can get a lot of non-God stuff done. This is like, if you live your life this way, by forming a plan, by putting in effort and striving, by making it happen for you, you could end up nowhere near God. This model is like throwing a dart at a dartboard. It's a dangerous way to live life. If you don't see yourself in this model, there's like a, a, a negative version of this, a kind of passive version of that, this, and that's to be unplanned, just to be passive, and just to let it happen to you. And I think these two modes are kind of the typical way, the default way that we can go to in the way that we live our lives. Whilst this is the typical way, I don't think this is the, the right way, and I think there's a real way to live life. So this is, this is the real way to live life. Firstly, you trust in who God is. Secondly, you abide in that trust. And finally, you let God have his way in your life. There's a stark contrast between these two ways. With that typical way, you're actually taking control. Whether you're planned or unplanned, you're taking control of your circumstance and you're actually positioning yourself as God in your life. In the real way to live life, you're giving to God, you're trusting in who he is, and you're letting God be God in your life. We actually know this from last week. Britt talked about this last week. She said, um, God's job is to be God. Our job is to be his. Brit said, come home, trust home, be home. Come home, trust home, be home. It's really easy when you, when you think about this, these two ways of living, um, to know that one is better for you than the other. It's really hard in the moments of life to not default to that typical way of living. I find it hard. I don't know if you find it hard too. See, I know that God has a will and purpose for my life. 
God has a will and purpose for every one of the lives in this room. God has a will and purpose for your life. But what I also know is that I can frustrate God's plans. I can get in the way of what God wants to do in here. In that typical way, really, it's about me for me. It's my plan, my action, my outcome. It's actually a selfish way to live life. Whereas the real way to live life, it's knowing and trusting that God is for me. It's being his. It's living in the knowledge that you are for God and taking that action. And then because of that, you will see God in your life. Trusting is God is for me. Abiding is I am for God. And because of that, the glory of God will come into your life. We can either have confidence in self or we can place our confidence in God. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land. Elsewhere in the Bible, it says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Righteousness is this funny word which we can have some negative connotations around now. Righteousness actually means to be in right relationship, to be in right relationship, to know your place. If you're in right relationship with God, you know your place with God. You know that God is your God and that you are his. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. We know from scripture that Abraham knew who God was. Firstly, he knew who God was. He trusted in the promise of God. He knew who God was. Because he knew who God was, he knew that he was God's. Point number two, because he knew who God was, he knew that he was God. He was God's. And because he knew he was God's, these two acts of knowing, knowing who God is, knowing that we are God's, he then had the ability to step out without knowing. I don't know about you, but I really want that type of faith, that depth of faith. I, um, I was in a coffee shop pre-Christmas with a, um, a work colleague called Jen. Now, uh, Jen and I have to work on uh, a lot of things together. She supplies um, some of her team and some of my team, and they come together and they do these bids. And the purpose of this meeting, it was, um, it was pre-Christmas, and the purpose was just before we shut down, let's actually look at 2020, look at all these bids that we're, we're going to be doing through 2020, and let's allocate all these resources. So we're sat, um, it's pretty relaxed, 
Um, I've worked with her for, for over a year now. We know each other pretty well. So we're sat, we're having a coffee, and we're just mapping out the plan of when all these tenders are going to come out and who's going to go on to them. So we're, uh, we're, we've, got a, we've got our little um, Gantt charts out, and we're putting all these people in, and um, invariably, the, as, as we're, we're, we're looking forward to 2020, the conversation, as the work finishes, the conversation eventually goes around to, well, what does 2020 look like for you? What do you think you're going to be doing in 2020? And we talked about that uh, for, for a minute with Jen in her role, and then, then Jen said something really interesting. She said, um, I, I currently do my role uh, just in this state, and she said, well... What would you do if they offered you that role nationally? What would you do if it wasn't just Victoria, if they said, why don't you do it nationally? And I said, oh, I I don't know. To be honest, I'm just as likely to be a full-time pastor by the end of the year. These words kind of just fell out my mouth. (laughs) Jen looked like this. I kind of sat there looking like that as well, thinking, oh, did I just say that? Like... I said, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know what the future is. And she said, I don't get it. How do you, how can you, how can that, how can your processing be like, I don't understand. How do you think like that? What, what causes you to think like that? I said, oh, um, I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know, Jen, is if you want to live the absolute best life that you possibly can. If you want an, a crazy adventure, you've just got to follow God. She's still there. <laughs> I said, following God is better than any life you can strategize for yourself. You don't want to miss out. You don't want to miss out, Jen. At this point, she said, what does that mean? How do you follow God? I was like, oh, that's a good question. Well, really, you've just got to do what he says. And she said, so how do I know what he's, what he's saying? How do you know what he's saying? I said, well, the truth is this, Jen. God's always speaking. God is always speaking into your life. The question's not, is God speaking? The question is, what is God saying? God is always speaking into your life. The question's not, is God speaking? The question is, what is he trying to say? I said, Jen... You've actually got to tune in. You've got to slow down. I find God speaks when I'm quiet. I take some time out every morning. I have quiet time and I just ask, God, what are you saying? You can do this when you go for a walk. You can take a walk if you're on your own. You can just silence your thoughts and say, God, what are you saying? I said, You can grab a pen and a journal. You can write your thoughts down. And you can just ask God, God, what are you saying? And then I leaned over the table a bit for dramatic effect. (laughs) And I said, Jen, God is trying to speak into your life. 
Are you listening? I'm going to ask that of you guys. God is trying to speak into your lives. Are you really listening? I honestly don't know where I'm headed in 2020. I don't have a clue. 2020 for me, it's a blank canvas. But I do know who's leading me. I believe that God will lead us into a deeper understanding of who we are. I believe that God will lead us into a deeper understanding of his purpose, his will over our lives. I believe when we ask, when we slow down, when we tune in, when we listen to God, God will tell us his will and purpose over our lives. And then like Abraham, as he does that, we actually need, because we know who God is, because we know that we are God's, we need the confidence to step out, not knowing, but following. We need to be submitted. We need to be willing. We need to know who he is. I believe that in this room, there's future preachers. There's people with pastoral hearts. There's evangelists. There's people that are going to pray for people and they're going to receive healing. God is going to activate us only as much as we're prepared to come to him with an open posture and give him our lives. So that's my challenge, really, to you this morning. Choose the real way to live. Trust who God is. Abide in that trust and come before him with open hands and ask him to lead your life. Maybe you've been doing this for a long time. My encouragement to you is to render more of your life. Maybe you've been doing this a short time. My encouragement to you is render more of your life. Maybe you haven't yet started. My encouragement to you is to render your life. Pray it. Give your life to God in a renewed way at the start of this year to see where God will take you. I, I don't have all the answers for you. I don't know what that looks like. Um, but I do know that it definitely looks like creating space. Creating space for God to be God in your life. We need to create habits that allow God to do what he wants to do this year in your life. That's really what my New Year's resolutions are about. I want to form the habit of using technology less so that my, my thought patterns can be open for God to use. I want to create the habit of Sabbath that's really what Friday night is for, for me. Uh, Friday night, we do the, the traditional Sabbath, the, the, the um, Saturday Sabbath, 
Um, we have a Sabbath, trying to have a Sabbath meal on the Friday. And if I'm uh, on my game, if I don't hang around and have an extra uh, beer at work with colleagues, then Sabbath is going to be get it better. That's going to give God more space to be God in my life. I don't know what the habit, habits are that you need to take up. I don't know what they are. They'll be different for a range of people in the room. But these are two really good habits that I'm going to press into this year. Habits that will allow God to be God in my life. Habits that create space for God. So that in those moments, the words that fall out of your mouth declare who God is in your life and declare that you are God's. Habits so that in those moments, you choose the the real way to live, that real way to operate, not the default, not the typical way to operate. Another habit I have is uh, this daily devotional. I've, uh, my wife bought me a copy of this before we were even married, actually. It's called My Utmost for His Highest. It's a short little devotional. Um, and he, he writes about this, this passage. So it's a, just a one-pager, just to read in the morning. I actually wrote this down on the slide. So when talking about this passage from Hebrews about Abraham going out, this is what Oswald Chambers says. One of the most difficult questions to answer in Christian work is, what do you expect to do? You don't know what you're going to do. The only thing you know is that God knows what he is doing continually examine your attitude toward God to see if you are willing to go out in every area of your life, trusting in God entirely. It is this attitude that keeps you in constant wonder because you don't know what God is going to do next. Each morning as you wake, there is a new opportunity to go out, building your confidence in God. It's a really simple message this morning. Abraham went out because he knew who God was. He knew he was God's. And then he could go out not knowing. I'm just going to pray this over us now. I want everyone to stand quickly. The band's going to come up as well. Father, you feel comfortable, hold your hands out. Father, this morning, at the st- right at the start of this year, we just declare again who you are. We declare that you are God of our lives. We declare that you are a good God who wants to look after us, who wants to grow us, We declare that you're a God who loves us. We declare that you're trustworthy. And because of that, Lord, we just declare that we want to be your people. Because you love us, we love you. We want to abide as your people, Lord. Lord, this morning we again choose this active faith, knowing that we are your people.
I pray, Lord, for every single person in this room. I pray that this year is a year of deeper revelation, is a year of openness of heart. I declare that minds will be changed this year. You'll give people renewing of mind, that you'll lead people into a greater understanding of their purpose. Have your will, have your way in our lives, Lord. And I, I just declare, I just say thanks in advance, Lord, for the things you're going to do this year. I thank you for um, the people you're going to have us share our faith with, who are going to be mesmerized by that, Lord. I pray thank you for how you're going to bring restoration to people, Lord. How you're going to renew people pray thank you, Lord, for how you're going to just lead us into a deeper understanding, Lord, of what it is to walk as your people. Pray all this in Jesus' name.